Good morning. Good Sunday morning. <laughs> this is a Sunday morning special of the Whipple Effect. Good Sunday morning. Of course, that's coming from the uh, Speaker of the House, Nasty Pelosi. If you remember that from a few months ago when she went on the news show and uh, had a holographic glitch out. Right in the middle of the conversation, she just paused and smiled like an insane banshee and uh, just said, good morning, good Sunday morning. So kind of a thing around here. Nasty Pelosi, always good for a laugh. You remember also when she said uh, open Biden, she was having she was on some sort of Zoom call and thought she was being cute with a joke telling this guy that her and her uh, partners in crime they don't say open Biden, or they don't say open Sesame, they say open Biden. And then she just laughs. What's with her and uh, Camel Toe Harris just laughing incessantly at everything? They're just so self-absorbed and smug. They think everything's so cute while they just like tear everything down. Anyway, uh, last week we had the uh, address to the uh, congressional fuckers in there uh, from the former vice house plant Joe Biden that was uh, pretty funny he just spent the better part of <clears throat> sorry it's COVID my goodness he spent the better part of an hour just pandering and patronizing to the American people and the whole thing was pretty disgusting and pathetic and obscene but um, pandering I looked up the word, the definition of that word, just to be clear on it, because that's what I thought it was. And someone who's pandering is a person who assists in the immoral desires or evil designs of others. And I do believe that he's just an agent of chaos. So he was pandering and patronizing. The word patronizing is defined as acting kind or helpful, but betraying an air of superiority. And that's what I get every time I tune into whatever Biden is saying and anybody else around his circle, for that matter, is they act kind and helpful and benevolent, like they're so generous and they care about our health. But really what they're betraying is an air of superiority. So the whole thing was pandering and patronizing, and uh, but it was entertaining. And so I actually recorded some clips here. I did a screen recording of, uh, I got about five different ones I want to play for you here. Sort of a highlight reel, if you will. Uh, pretty funny. Some of them are a little scary. Let's start with the funniest one first. Here it goes. We have to do more than just build back better. We build back, we have to build back better. <laughs> we have to do more than just build back, but we have to build back better. <laughs> So he stutters and repeats himself there. That, And that's just one of their phrases that they use is this whole build back better thing, which is a code for something nefarious for sure. Uh, here's another clip. My fellow Americans, look, we have to come together to heal the soul of this nation. It was nearly a year ago before her father's funeral when I spoke with Gianna Floyd, George Floyd's young daughter. She's a little tight, so I was kneeling down to talk to her. So I could look her in the eye. (laughs) 
That one's pretty quick at the end if you didn't catch that. He almost said he got down on his knees to look her in the eye so he could sniff her hair. He almost, he started to say a word with an S, but then he said, look her in the eye. He caught himself. He almost betrayed his pedophilic ways there. I'll rewind it and play it one more time so you can... Uh, My fellow American, before her father's funeral. Listen again here. She's a little tight, so I was kneeling down and talked to her. So I could look her in the eye. Hear that? So I could look her in the eye? Mm-hmm. What a creep. Uh, the soul of America, too, he mentions there, and that's something they say a lot, battle for the soul of America. Yeah, they're, they're looking to drive the knife deep into the soul of the constitutional republic of free citizens, we the people, not the government in charge. So just a whole lot of code words in there. Here's another clip. I don't want to become confrontational, but we need more Senate Republicans to join the overall majority of Democratic colleagues and close the loopholes required in background check purchases of guns. We need a ban on assault weapons and high-capacity magazines. And don't tell me it can't be done. We did it before and it worked. Talk to most responsible gun owners and hunters. They'll tell you there's no possible justification for having 100 rounds in a weapon. What do you think, deer wearing Kevlar vests? <laughs> he goes through these stupid little jokes. What do you think, deer wearing Kevlar vests? So in his disgusting, breathy voice, he's uh, he's doing the gun grab thing. You know, they want to go for the assault rifles, which which are the best way to protect against a tyrannical government taking over the free citizens. So they're still at the gun grab thing. They're going hard. We'll see how far they get with that. But I do not agree with him that most gun owners would, uh, you know, think that the AR-17s and all those things should be taken away. I, I highly doubt that. I actually worked at a hunting ranch, an elk hunting ranch in New Mexico just this last winter. So I spent a lot of time around a lot of hunters and I'm sure 95% of them would disagree with what that houseplant of a former vice president just said. I think I got one more clip here for you. A mass vaccination center in Glendale, Arizona. I asked the nurse, I said, what's it like? She looked at me and she said, it's like every shot is giving a dose of hope. Is a phrase, a dose of hope. A dose of hope. Oh my God. Uh, I, I cannot really stand that word hope in the way that it's used so often. People just invoking this breathy word of hope. It's so vaporous. It really doesn't mean a lot if you think about it. I mean, in the general sense that we use it linguistically, like, I hope you have a good day. I mean, that's cool. But when people say you've got to have hope, I mean, virtually no one would disagree with that. You know, it's just this empty word that has just been cast around by a lot of people. And I think it distracts us or it often serves to distract one from really being in the present moment and doing something, taking action and being aggressive to immerse oneself into the reality of 
each moment in the flow of life, but hope takes us out of that flow, I believe, and into places of perception that just really aren't steeped in reality. So anyway, that was funny how he just, it was like uh, Obama, hope and change, right? That was his chant. Well, um, Biden was with him too. And so they're still using that, that word hope, you know, just trying to get the uh, American people in the world on board with that empty promise um, and the vaccines too. So now I actually want to play a clip from Tucker Carlson tonight. It was the day after this address and Tucker kind of lays into it in a very comedic way that only Tucker can. So it's a couple minutes long. Tucker opens his show and he introduces the speech, but specifically why I want to play this for you, why it's so funny is because he plays a, a montage of clips from the left leaning mainstream media outlets and they're all just drooling and googling over uh biden as if he's jesus or something so it kind of is very illustrative of how the left and the mainstream they never have anything negative to say about biden and this all actually came out in the project veritas expose on cnn where they got the one of the top directors of cnn's media uh saying things on camera that cnn is pure propaganda and they do everything they can to prop up biden and tear down trump so it's uh very worth tuning into project veritas but so from cnn there they said it themselves and that's what they're doing in this clip that you're going to hear now. You're just going to hear the left and the mainstream just propping Joe Biden up as if he's Jesus Christ himself. Here we go. Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. Happy Thursday. Joe Biden spoke to a joint session of the Congress last night. If you saw it, and relatively few people did, judging by the numbers, then you know that the confusing part started even before the speech began. It was the masks again. Everyone was wearing a mask, very much including the two stern ladies sitting right behind Joe Biden. That would be the Speaker of the House and the real president. They were masked up. All of them were like outlaws. But here's the weird part. All of them have been vaccinated. They've told us that. So there was literally no reason for any of them to be wearing masks, but they wore them anyway. It was like everyone in the room had Munchausen syndrome or some other fantasy-related psychological disorder. Bizarre. We never did get to the bottom of that because Joe Biden started talking. Language is designed to communicate ideas, but not when Joe Biden uses it. Last night's speech was a cluster bomb of cliches meant to knock you senseless and make you surrender. Americans choose hope over fear, Biden droned. Truth over lies, light over darkness. We lost track after that. Our brain shut down. Mission accomplished. The news media didn't care. They didn't even notice they weren't listening to him. They have no interest in what Joe Biden says. They got him elected. He's their guy, and that's that. Technically, Joe Biden is now the president of the United States, the most powerful man in the world. So maybe someone somewhere could keep track of what he's doing. But no. Reporters cover Joe Biden like he's an actor on press tour for the hot new summer blockbuster. He and his dazzling co-star, Kamala. 
his use of voice modulation was rather extraordinary given the television era and it served as cover at times for unspooling and ambition in this speech that was Rooseveltian in size and scope. It's, it's really beautiful. I mean, it's beautiful. Um, he's developing a kind of positive populism. He also talked about the soul of America, and that was so passionate when he talked about uh, the injustice, uh, the need of injustice on, is on the neck of black America. His connections to the people in this room, I, I'm not even sure if all of them are deserving of them, but he does not care. He gives to them the benefit of the doubt. And his voice, that kind of grandfatherly whispery voice, and the fact that it actually wasn't a big raucous crowd, let that intimacy really land. Every single sentence had a very clear point to it, it and every line of it had that Biden humility in it. He's really trying to bring the country together. It was a make America feel good night. <laughs> Wait a second. Wasn't that the president of the United States talking? No, that's what you thought. In fact, it was Jesus in aviator glasses. What Joe Biden said last night was beautiful, beautiful. It was intimate, grandfatherly, indeed Rooseveltian. Joe Biden spoke to the soul of America. He connected with people who don't even deserve to be connected with. Hopeless sinners, redeemed by his voice alone. A voice that is not, and we want to be clear about this, the fading monotone of a 78-year-old man who is losing his grip. No, it's not. Joe Biden's voice modulates. It is the capacity to change pitch in a way that is, and we're quoting now, rather extraordinary. And so on. We <laughs> so there you go. That's... Uh... Tucker's take on it there. Pretty funny stuff there. It's just, that's what they did last time that uh, Biden gave a speech. This was his second one since um, since his 100 days of being in office. And the first one, the left media, they just did all that too. Tucker played a montage for that one as well. They just uh, are falling over, head over heels for him. It's just disgraceful and disgusting stuff there. But there's some... Uh, there's some good comedy in it. So if you if you watched it, you know what it looked like. It had uh, Camel Toe Harris sitting behind Biden, houseplant Biden. She was, of course, wearing her mask and just sneering at the back of his head, just chomping at the bit, waiting to fill his shoes. So, And also another thing to note, too, about that thing was the few people that were in the audience, they uh, just were constantly after everything Biden was saying was just doing clapping, standing ovations. So it was a lot of uh, seal clapping and oh, just a, a theater. That's why I call this whole COVID thing and the Biden thing. Just everything that's happened since last year. It's a whole masquerade. It's just this theater with an evil underlying agenda to it, too. So tragic and comedic. But anyway, I don't listen to what they have to say, like as authorities or experts, as they want me to believe and you to believe. I do not listen to them seriously. I do not believe what they're saying. Biden, Fauci, Gates, or any of any other one of the psychopaths that are telling us what to do. I just, I, I will not comply. I will not comply because, well, some people are just more 
awake to seeing through lies and deception and propaganda. I'm one of them. I hope you are too. I know there's a lot of people out there though that are not hip to the scam, but uh, maybe in time they will be. Maybe in time. <sighs> oh, uh, here's a little funny thing I, I read the other day. It's a quote from Mark Twain. It's, as always, funny and true. Here it is. Mark Twain said, Politicians and diapers must be changed often and for the same reasons. Ah, we need more Mark Twains today. Here's something else I've noticed going on in society as over the course of the last year, going on a year and a half now, I've started to see certain trends develop coming and going. And the latest one that I've noticed in public as I observe people whenever I'm out in the towns and cities, which is rare because I spend most of my time in nature. But, you know, what I'm seeing these days when people are walking or in stores or something, you know how it still is, but it was even more so a decade or two ago for people to sag their pants, pant saggers, you know, kind of hip to do that for some people, they thought. Well, now people are starting to sag their masks. We got mask saggers out there. Uh, the people, they don't even wear it around their nose or their mouth. It's just kind of on their chin or around their neck. And they just walk around with it, sort of an accessory. And, you know, they forget it's there, just sagging their masks. I don't know if they think they're cool or just forgetful, but they're sagging their masks. And I think it's funny. You notice that? Also, another thing about the masks that I've noticed is, uh, well, you remember in the medieval times, there was those long masks that looked like a bird beak that people would wear. And inside of it, they would stuff aromatics and herbs to purify the air that they were breathing inside of it. But it was a long beaky mask. Well, that trend has been gone a long time, but it's making a comeback. We got people uh, wear masks that are starting to look a little beaky. You know, at first, a year ago, they were just flat, flat on your face. And now they're kind of protruding like a bird's beak. They're beaky. And so uh, I don't know what's up with that, who's designing that and why, but it strikes me as pretty funny. So I got a name for those people. Beekeepers. Yeah. So keeping uh, keeping the comedy going here, I got I got a lot more comedy to share with you we got our beekeepers and our mask saggers but uh honestly on a deeper level what i believe about that is that uh, these people they a lot of them i hear from their mouths they claim to believe in science these quote experts and authorities on television and the cable news they are saying they believe in science and then i hear the sheep parodying that on the streets a lot of people say well I believe in science. You don't believe in science. Well, this whole thing of believing in science. No, I believe in natural science, like the old school philosophers who studied nature and scientific approaches. It was never concrete, static, and fixed. It was always fluid and flexible and moving throughout changing circumstances and the complexity of the universe. 
I believe in that science, but I don't believe in their scientism. So I came up with the phrase uh, recently that to these people who claim they believe in science, no, you don't believe in science. You believe in compliance. Really, I feel that in my gut that that's what's going on. They don't actually believe in this, quote, scientism. They believe in just being compliant and taking orders from the top down. They want to be told what to do, like the government and the oligarchy, the corporations, surrogate parents, authoritative figures talking down to you, condescendingly telling you what to do, and you're compliant. All too eager in in most cases, apparently. So I'm going to take that phrase and put it on one of my shirts because I already have one shirt printed up that I made. I'm starting to design t-shirts, tank tops, hoodies, and more after that, but just starting simple uh, with phrases on them. And I'll be doing some word definitions and stuff, just playing around with that. Something I've always wanted to do, make t-shirts. I'm finally starting to do it on my website, davidwhipple.com. Links in description. I've got a store page where you can shop. Uh, I've got one shirt for sale up there now uh, that I wear in public. And I want to tell you about that in a second. And uh, I'm also selling my photography prints. I've got 12 up there right now, some of my best ones. So uh, go on over to davidwhipple.com, the shop tab, and you can check it out there. So I'm going to put this phrase on there. You don't believe in science, COVID. You don't believe in science. You believe in compliance. Uh, That'll be for all the uh, sheep wearing their face diapers. That needs to be changed often. according to Mark Twain. So I want to mention an interaction that I had today uh, was with a lady at a grocery store. Tracy and I were in there and in the checkout line with Ethel at the checkout. You know, the great archetype of the lady working the checkout. Ethel at the checkout. So she's bringing up our stuff and then uh, she sees my shirt and she kind of laughs and says, oh, I like your shirt. And she's wearing a mask. And I am like, oh, okay, how's this going to go? Because my shirt says, uh, here, let me get it. I have it off right now because it's super hot. I'm in the trailer out in the desert, but it's starting to cool off now. Anyway, uh, on the front, it says COVID is a pandemic." This masquerade is mind control. So she saw that, laughed, thought it was funny. So I turned around to show her the back, which says the, quote, virus is a hoax, folks. Only you can prevent communism. So she's like, oh, that's that's cool. Um, Where'd you get it? I said, I made it. I sell it on my website. And she's like, do you think that uh, that's the end result, communism? I said, oh, yes, for sure. And she said, do you, do you think it's from the Democrats or Republicans? And that's a complex conversation that I wasn't about to get into there. But I said, well, you know, I think both sides are compromised, more so the Democrats for sure. But the Republicans are have been compromised. Evil has infiltrated the highest levels of government and corporations. And most of them are giving into the dark side. They have been possessed by the death cult. So anyway, that was a uh, pretty cool interaction. And I was thinking about her um, after I left. And even now, like, 
I wonder if she's thinking about that, which is it, one of the intentions for me to make these shirts and to wear them out there is to get thought-provoking, to stimulate conversations. And I just want to open up people's minds. As I often say, I want to be myself and encourage others to be free thinkers and freedom fighters. So that's what my merch is for. If you're a free thinker and a freedom fighter, davidwhipple.com, shop. You can pick them up there. It's a good way to support me too as I live this semi-nomadic lifestyle, uh, trying to make some money um, while I'm on the go. Okay, what else we got here? Um, all right, I want to end this Sunday special on sort of sort of a you know optimistic, positive note here. Just uh, taking off the masks, right? Let's take off the masks. This is a masquerade, and let's just breathe. It's just one of the most basic human things is breathing, and obviously the masks impede that. And people, I think. Most people need a reminder to breathe anyway because it's so easy to fall into that habit of shallow breathing. <sighs> if we can just give ourselves that gift of a few times throughout the day just to take one or two, three deep breaths, get the oxygen flowing to the brain and into the outer limbs of the body circulating, just feeling that prana, that energy flowing through us. It really works wonders. And these are just some of the things I like to talk about. Breathing, drinking water, drinking more water, higher quality water. Uh, most people are chronically dehydrated. Uh, they would rather drink soda or coffee or something else that is actually dehydrating and doesn't have any nutrients. But just find some good quality water and Keep it cool and drink more of it. Got that air flowing through us, that water flowing through us. And now we're starting to feel good. Now we're starting to think for ourselves instead of waiting around to be told what to do by sociopaths. And then most of us, myself included, it's so easy to sit all the time and not move. So always reminding myself and other people just to stand up every once in a while, shake it out, kind of do a squat, do a back bend and a forward bend and just move a little bit you know a little bit or a lot some people are more active than others but just it's important just to remind myself and others to move more so we're breathing we're drinking water we're moving and now we're starting to groove so i like to spend a lot of time outside um i know a lot of people live in cities i wonder where you live are you in the dense urban jungle because it's easy to be around billboards and TV and propaganda and peer pressure to get the vaccine, which is going to probably kill a lot of people. So we got to step away from that. We got to detach, literally step back, take a breath and go outside, move, take, go for a walk and wonder at the beauty of the wilderness because the world is still always has been and probably always will be. Unless we blow it to hell with a nuclear uh, World War III or something, will be a beautiful place. So turn off the television and tap into the creative energy that's inside of you. That's what I would say. I don't like to give advice, but that's what I tell myself, so I'm speaking it out loud. Uh, it's easy for a lot of people to get into this mode of consumption, but I find that turning that off for a while and getting into the creative mode... 
like for me, instead of watching uh, Tucker Carlson, I might want to record a podcast, you know, and I've been writing blogs recently. I'm writing for another person's website and, and my own too. So I like to think and I like to create and do. So that's in all of us too. And I wonder what's in you. Just tap into that creative energy that's inside of you and with the air and the water and the movement and the creativity, man, that's just going to go quantum distances in in uh, our personal evolution that's been my experience over the course of uh, 20 plus years during all of this time I've noticed that society is going more and more into this mode of hyper consumption just dollar general family dollar <laughs> just buying a whole bunch of useless shit never using it and hoarding it and just accumulating stuff that doesn't mean anything or bring any fulfillment to our lives it's just this society of hyper consumption well i'm always looking at things in the big picture how can we flip things around because it seems like we're living in an inverted world right now so let's flip that around and just scale back slow down ask ourselves what is essential i like to call myself an essentialist and uh essentialism as a term is the disciplined pursuit of less but better i really believe that in my experience, and I've seen in other people too, when we scale back and get more to what is essential, everything improves from there. It gets simpler, less clutter, more quality, less less quantity, more quality. You know that old phrase? It's kind of like that. So that's the way of the essentialist. And this is the Whipple effect. A little bit of current events, some evergreen content that hopefully will inspire you to live the best life that is possible in this particular incarnation that you're experiencing. So thanks for tuning into this episode, this Sunday special. If you like this show, you can subscribe to the Apple and the Spotify. I've also got uh, a website. Links are in description. And a YouTube channel. want to mention that too because as soon as I post this, tomorrow because I'm actually recording this on Saturday. I'm going to be editing a vlog that I shot around the trailer here, a tour of where we're at. So I got a YouTube channel highlighting and documenting the travels that Tracy and I have been going on over the last year, living the semi-nomadic lifestyle in a vintage borough trailer. It's pretty cool. So anyway, that's all for this episode. I appreciate you tuning in. I wish you all the best. Until next time, don't stay safe. Stay free.